Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Oh my gosh, this is going to be nuts. So Alan is at, um, uh-huh. we have a, uh, it's, it's co-workers of mine, former co-workers of her. Uh, their son has a Little League game today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Alan has gone to that Little League game. So I have both well, animals to myself. And uh, both of them are being needy as fuck. So the dog is whining, but the dog is afraid of the cat. The cat came in. The cat wants attention. The dog gets jealous of the cat when the cat gets attention. The dog has now gone and got its favorite toy so that I can toss it for her, but won't get close enough to me to give me the toy because the cat is between me and her, and she's afraid of the cat. So All right. this is the weird chaos that is going on behind the scenes. But with that being said, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, I am uh, your host, Brian. Uh, with us, we have Adam. Elena and Todd and a squeaky toy, um, which I'm not hey, throwing for my dog. You replaced Mr. Porg. I did what replace Mr. Porg. Is Porg still in boxes? Uh, I don't know where Porg is. He's currently, I've, I've started my baby Yoda shrine on my, uh, oh, nice. my desk. Soon to be also my uh, Stitch shrine. Because I picked up a 10-inch, well, it's pre-ordered, a 10-inch Stitch Funko Pop. And then also one of him as Elvis riding a little, uh, little kid ride. No, it's a little kid right. ride, like the 25 cents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Or rocket ship. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Right on. Uh, so we're beginning our Pride Month uh, with a manga, if we're not set right, uh, which is called My Brother's Husband. I... The last name's Tagami. Uh, Genoro Tagami. Let's go with that. <laughs> Genoro Tagami. Okay, that, that seems fair. Uh, wrote this book. Um, and uh, we'll see if we have changed Lena's opinion on manga. Because last time we read manga, she was not a fan, I think. Yeah. I don't remember what we read. We need to get you to read Bobobo. Bobobo. Oh, Bo. Don't. She'll never, no. be, she'll never be on this podcast ever again. She'll run away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> It's truly horrific. Gone forever. Uh, I still have it as my low watermark. Yeah, it's one of those books where like you put it out there and you're like, if someone comes and goes, I love this book, you're like, get out. Like you can leave now. Gone. Yeah. yeah. So uh anyway, Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? Uh yeah, so this uh cocktail this week is called Ramen Surprise. Now you have to go with it because it's gonna sound weird, but then when you think about it at the end, you think these flavor profiles might work. So you're gonna take an ice-filled shaker. You're going to add one and a half ounces of Johnny Walker Red, a half ounce of lemon juice, a half teaspoon of powdered chicken bouillon, half teaspoon of sugar. You're going to shake the shit out of it. You're going to strain into an ice-filled cocktail glass and top with two ounces of ginger beer, stir, and then garnish with a lime wedge or lemon wedge, excuse me. So I am a fan of Bloody Mary's. But always my challenge with, and this, there's enough sugar in it, it's not quite so savory, but the chicken is kind of a savory component. Mm -hmm. I have trouble with distinguishing the difference between a savory cocktail and a marinade. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I was there going, am I drinking a marinade? Is this something I need to like soak my meat in? Marinade? I kind of thought it was going for maybe like the the sweet and savory type thing, because if you think about it, you, you do like a tequila drink and you rim the glass with that uh the salt salt yeah. right but so. you just have like when you have like the chicken and the tomato and the beef bouillon and i'm like is this a steak sauce is this a marinade no it's a cocktail and you're like hmm. i mean so, let's be honest 
I, I've had some barbecue sauces that were so tasty, I thought that I could drink it. So, uh, you know. And sometimes I, that's what you need when your cut <laughs> of meat is crap. And you're like, ah, oh, it's a crap cut of meat. I'm just I mean, going to yeah. drown it in this. I think it was either like Ruby Tuesdays or Applebee's had like a Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. It was pretty damn good for a while. Yeah. Uh, it was Applebee's. Yes, because it was in the mall in North Carolina. We went there a lot. Uh, hey, I sent you guys a picture of my tri-tip from last night. I'm very proud uh, of that. That looked very tasty. But that was at like, what, 10 p.m.? Yeah, because <laughs> it, it was a long day at work. I, I, can, talk, right. I can talk about it after after class, but... Okay. Well, we'll see who did their homework. Lena, what is your drinking game rule for this book? Uh, internal thoughts. Every time you see a character screaming something, but it's all in their head, take a drink. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd. You're challenging you my preconceived notions. Okay. Every time that the uh, brother is thinking through things and going, hmm, I always thought it was this way, but maybe that's okay. Let me think about this. Yeah. As he's working through things. Take a drink. Okay. Uh, mine is an honor, sort of a Pee Wee Herman. It is, you said the secret word. Every time the little girl wants to say, and I can't pronounce it, but the Japanese word for foreigner, and then either says it or stops herself, or says the word foreigner, take a drink. Uh, and Mr. Adam. So that was like totally half of my game. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go with mine, though, a little bit different. So mine's tied kind of to yours and Lena's. Uh, it's called Such Excite. It's anytime Kana like gets super excited and screams something. So okay. not just the word for foreigner, <laughs> but just in general. Okay. Little kid excitement. Dude, yeah, yeah. It's so, such it's age of big feelings. Such yeah. excitement, much wow. Such such excitement, much wow, much much wow. So this is a book um, about a single father um, who lives in Japan and his twin brother's uh, husband. Uh, arrives to sort of get to know the family and get to know where things are happening because the twin brother had died. Uh, so the big brother died. lumberjack Canadian. Yeah, lumberjack Canadian. Um, and then the de- uh, the father of the little girl um, in sort of uh, a traditional fashion for, I think, Japan, from what I understand, is not necessarily accustomed to uh, dealing with openly homosexual people and uh, has some of his preconceived notions challenged. Um, and his young daughter is very open to anything and excited just to have family. Um, is this little bundle of joy who just fucking, you know... He Loves ca- everybody. Yeah. I think she challenges his preconceived notion more than having his brother's husband, like a big Canadian, you know, lumberjack in his house. It's his daughter who, like, does more of the changing of minds than anything else, I think. But, yeah. uh, Lena, I'm curious. What were your thoughts? Because we, we've, we've not necessarily impressed you with manga before. Okay, so this was way, way easier to read <laughs> yeah, than I told the you. swirl... Yeah horror, whatever the hell we read last time. Um, And the only thing I really noticed, and I don't know if it's because it's translations or whatever, but it just like the, all the writing felt very choppy and very like, it felt like stage directions more than, than any kind of emotion or anything that you're trying to get from it. Um, I really want to understand what's going on with the father and the mother with mm-hmm. her not being at home. Did I did I miss that as to what they happened? don't fully get into it. Okay. I 
they, they sort of talk about it like like she's working a lot. Um, so Adam, they talk Adam, about that in the second book. That's kind of what I suspected, because Adam's read the entire thing. And, well, almost, yeah. Almost, yeah. And I finished it up last night and then ordered the next volume um, on uh, Amazon, and it'll be here shortly. But uh, yeah, sorry, Lena. But yeah, go ahead. Well, and that that was like, I I may read the second one then, because I want to know what the hell's going on with the, the mom and the dad here. Yeah. And why she's not home. Because like at first, when I read it was like oh yeah she's dead that sucks yeah and then she shows up and even mike was like what the hell's Mm -hmm. going on here yeah um so you know i found that really interesting uh you know and just like okay weird kind of thing to throw in there and not mention what actually is going on yeah um but the the whole thing where he's like going back and forth on how he feels about like being there and the fact that his daughter had no idea that he had a twin brother it, it just felt very like sad i felt really yeah. sad for him that he like just never told anybody that it was like a thing yeah and that he you know so um but this was way easier to read it was way easier to get through it was like 360 something pages but i read it in like god 30 minutes like it just yeah. wasn't long it didn't take me long at all to get through um and it was an interesting read it's not something that I was like, oh, I, didn't, I totally hated reading this or it took, it was like a chore to get through. It was yeah. quite interesting. I just, um, it felt very like, um, and Adam, you tell me because I, you know, obviously I'm not someone that, that had to legitimately come out. Um, and you, 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 you had a backwards everything. coming out. Yeah. yeah, I had to I had to convince my parents I wasn't a lesbian. That you had, you had a, a um, coming in. Yeah, right. It's like I like boys. I don't know why I have to explain this to you. Um, but but that like with that, like I just the the one part I did like was the little boy that just kept showing up at the house. Mm-hmm. And and when he finally talked to Mike and Mike was totally understanding and everything, I was like, that part's good. Like I like that. But the rest of it felt very fluffy. No. Yeah. It just was like this weird, like he didn't want to get, he had to get dressed. He didn't want to walk out of the shower with just his underwear on because he was afraid this. And I'm just like, okay, I, I can't handle this, this like straight man, men. And, and I actually realized something and I, I watched a guy talk about this on TikTok where he was like, you know, men always think all, all these straight men think that, you know, gay men are just going to come up to them and buy them drinks and, and hit on them and do all this stuff. And I realize that the reason they think that is because that is what they do to women. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually extremely accurate. So <laughs> it's, just, it's those pieces where that, like that stuff, I was like, I get it. Cause it's not, it's not a fake thing. It's something that I'm sure straight men, there are a lot of straight men that are like that, but I it moved a little slow and didn't really explain a lot. It was all very surface level, at least in this first volume for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this book quite a bit, and I understand what you're saying with some of the stuff. Uh, some of the stuff you didn't like, I, I did like, which is fine. Um, I also is think, it, though? Is it? Uh, maybe not. I okay. Uh, I, I would just like to add on my theory, Lena, on your, you know, the guys are, are freaking out because they think that all 
you know, gay guys are going to hit on them all the time. It's it's what, like, you know, that guy said it being like that that's how they treat women. I also think that from my perspective, all of the most homophobic people I have ever met have been so incredibly conceited that they just thought that they were such a panty dropper that no gay man could resist them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was there's sort of like this egotistical thing that I always felt kind of went along with that as well. Um, but yeah, I also think, and I kind of want to get Todd's perspective on this. I felt um, some similarities in sort of the idea of like growing up in a very cold, closed culture like Mormonism and then being exposed to more liberal beliefs. I'm necessarily just like, you know, homosexual friends or anything like that. But like, I did kind of see, I kind of connected with that, that character's like sort of just connection of like having to reconsider your things and all of a sudden going, wait, why is that a thing? Why does that matter? Why do I care about that? You know what I mean? Is that really important? Is that not? And so like, that's, I think for me, I, it's part of the reason why I really liked um, that character, but I, I totally get that like that ne- may not necessarily be a universal experience, uh, at least not outside of Japan or, you know, Utah. Uh, uh, well, but, I mean, uh, no, I, I grew up Southern Baptist, which makes Mormons yeah. look like Satanists. So that that is not a, that's, that can be a geographical location, like where, you know, as yeah. far as the culture you're in, but you can still have unique, very, very uh, sheltered cultures. But yeah, so like, I, I thought there was that that I thought was really interesting. And before I go to you, Todd, on that uh, thought process, so keep that in your head. I just, the other comment I want to make is that like, I felt that this was uniquely able to have a message without seeming preachy and be very simple without feeling too terribly hokey. But I also understand that I might be giving it more credit than it's worth because I like anime and shit like that. And I I, like, I feel like there is a very sort of presentational style to uh, anime and manga. And like, it feels very like melodrama, uh, you know, American melodrama kind of thing, you know, where like the villains are very obviously twirling mustaches and all sorts of shit like that. Uh, and somehow that all worked for me. I thought this was book was fucking adorable and I loved it. But uh, Todd, what are your thoughts? So about this book. So prior to this, Brian and I, I still remember having these conversations of going, we're trying to be open, but we just don't understand. We need to talk to people to better understand vocabulary yeah, yeah. that we simply didn't have at the time. Yeah. Right? Yes. Reading this book, adorable is a great term. This mm-hmm. is also very a very friendly gateway kind of book. Okay. Of what's going in there. It says like, I, and I said the judge, you're pre- challenging my preconceived notions because like, oh, uh, man and woman get married. Of course they do. Oh, which mm-hmm. one is the wife in this relationship? Oh, it's two husbands. Why? He's my husband and I'm his husband. Oh, well, which one's the female? It's like two dudes, kind of a deal. And it's a, well, why is that the assumption is like, well, can women get married? Yes, I have friends that were married. These are just lifted straight from the book. And she's like, oh, yeah. that's cool. They can have kids? Yeah, why not? Oh, all right. And it's a, it's a whole lot of, well, why not? Yeah. And it's going, well, that's just the way it is. I'm like, well, why? Oh, maybe. And you, you see him going through, well, why not? It's like, well, well, maybe it be okay. And he's definitely, you're watching this single father with, who apparently was controlling of his wife and did nothing besides cooking dinner and keeping the house because his parents left him enough money. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Which I find interesting as well as a guy that is so left alone to his thoughts, how much he's refusing to think. Well, and consider. Yeah. Until I mean, he's confronted with it. Yeah, but I, and I think that's part of it, though, is like if you are left to your own devices all the time and have gonna, no outside influence, is there any reason to question your thinking outside of that? You know, I mean, if you don't have by all means. external stimuli. So you're watching this, and my brother's husband, I mean, and it's telling my wife about the title of the book. It's like, well, why isn't it called My Brother in Law? And it's like, well, 
is, um, you know, some people's like your, um, some people's like, you know, my mom remarried this guy and it's my mother's husband and it's not my father-in-law or it's not my dad. Cause it's my mother's husband. There is a distance that gets placed upon the vernacular. Yeah, and, I would also argue that it. my brother's husband is also just more indicative of what the story is actually about. My brother-in-law is too. very ambiguous and doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right, it either. is ambiguous and a distance. Yeah. So I, this book is very much about coming into acceptance that this guy's twin brother was gay and had a um, fruitful life relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. And how he... Um, has struggled with that. I mean, he did get married, he had a kid, but he ended up divorced. So this is an aspect of his own life where he followed the um, default pathway, for lack of a better term. Why is straight the default? But there we are. And it didn't work out for him. And you've got this other guy that just is trying to connect this widow, trying to connect with the man he loved, with where he grew up, and visiting the parks and the places where he heard such stories of memories, and just trying to learn about the other people in his brother in his husband's life trying to have a connection mm-hmm. and this guy in so doing is bringing that connection from others you've got this little girl that's pissed that she had no idea she had an uncle yeah. that's gone yeah and like i have a dead uncle that i never knew even existed so i am now sorry for the loss of someone i never knew yeah and how tragic is that and she has to kind of like i can't let my dad know i miss my mom so you've got this little kid kind of walking on eggshells for the comfort of this father and he is now addressing it now with the manga in general and um talking about it what's interesting to watch slightly higher level view away from this book manga is tearing it up in the u.s oh just yeah. go to barnes and noble like yeah it's there's a four foot section for comics up. yeah right and bays bays for manga they've got a format and manga is typically black and white yeah so and it's got a much simpler format to follow it's four to six panes per page and it's done, and their styles do differ, but there's a similarity. And you take a look at Western comics, and some of the comics I absolutely adore and love, like J.H. Williams III as an artist, can be incredibly difficult to follow on the page if you're not really of it. Yeah. You know, within the medium going, oh, I understand this, I'm good to go. But at the same time going, oh, here is a great book you should read. It's like, oh, you like English? Let's dive into Shakespeare. Yeah. And you're like, or Proust. And you're like, Proust is great. Don't get me wrong. But we need to work our way up to Proust. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Watchmen. I mean, I uh, all sorts of people like, oh, I like a comic. It's like, oh, here's the best one. Read this. And you're like, oh, do you think I should read Watchmen? And I don't want to be a gatekeeper and say you shouldn't read that yet. But it's, I don't think you're going to get the best enjoyment of it yet without some other, you know, acquired reading or working your way into it. Yeah. With manga, this book is utterly approachable. It is utterly approachable. I could be reading this as a 10-year-old mm-hmm. just fine. Yeah. Without issue. The lack of color is not an issue. The size of it is not an issue. This is a very approachable, easy read for this book and a manga in general. And they've got their formatting and trade dress down right. Yeah. American comics, they don't. No. And it is awful. If you want to read Spider-Man, where do I start? Where do I begin? It's volume one. I'm like, volume one of what year? Yeah. And Pick which of the 30 volume ones you need to go read. Right, and now here's a volume two, which volume two goes with this volume one. It's terrible. 
So, I mean, in the world of sales right now, I mean, you've got manga, Scholastic, and Marvel's in third, and DC's in distant fourth. And I love DC so much, but they, they do not have their act together. <laughs> and it's neither does Marvel. Yeah. And manga, as you approach this, you read this, I uh, was curious on what I was going to think of this diving in, and it was great of what it is, and it's not my general cup of tea. I don't gravitate towards manga, but I sure see why people do, and younger people do, is uh, Western comics are losing a generation to manga. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect example why, of the ease of getting into it. Yeah. the um, I would argue that the art, some of the art in, West, in Western comics can be defined as superior with air quotes and it is more technically complex and richer sure but it's harder to follow and sometimes when you're not fully ingrained it is so much it becomes noisy and when things are too noisy to the untrained it's all noise and yeah. it's overload and it's like going hey i'm going to the louvre museum i've got four hours and your brain shuts down because it's too much yeah and i think western comics is too much in much of the time yeah. and manga keeps it stripped down to a point of oh i can consume this this is okay. I understand this. And it's great. As a pride book, for that's the theme of this month, you have this guy that's um, culturally against it, but he loves his brother, and he's trying to figure out why they broke up, and he's confronting so many things, and it's giving him enough space to confront it and not just flip a switch. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, because sometimes you're watching it, and it's like, oh, and then the Grinch's heart got three sizes too big <laughs> yeah and now we're all happy and it's um as easy and nice that would be as going oh we're all good now um people's thought processes become quite the ruts that they live in and changing your thought process is getting out of a rut which is hard and you're watching them working his way through that and it is work for him and that's what makes it so approachable i think is because you're watching many people that they are reading this going I'm not sure how I feel about this issue. And you have this other guy going, I'm not sure how I feel about this issue. But here is this person with now with a personal connection to someone I know that knew someone I knew personally, but I didn't know them, but had a great relationship. And he's giving him a chance and being won over little by little. And this guy is not a perfect guy. Mm -hmm. And it's sweet. And it's watching this guy fall in love and connecting with his brother again, with this grieving man trying to connect with his dead husband again. And it's charming and it's sad of the relationships missed, but they're trying to rekindle and capture what's left. And I really enjoy that. Mr. Adam, I'd so, like to get your thoughts on this. So a couple things before I jump into that. Uh, you know, in regard to the question of why is this book called My Brother's Husband? Uh, so Japan's been pretty forward thinking on gay culture in the sense that it's been decriminalized for 140 years. Uh, most of their residents do support same-sex marriage, but as of the when this book came out, when it was uh, translated and localized, and even to this day, same-sex marriage is not legal in Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, less about less than a month ago, actually, their Supreme Court ruled that the ban was unconstitutional, but they didn't say same-sex couples can get married. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, as backwards as we can be in in the U.S., uh, Japan still hasn't reached certain levels of that uh, of that acceptance, which is interesting because if you look at it, a lot of their their different re religious beliefs, have nothing against homosexuality. It's not like yeah. here where you have the LDS people, you've got other Christian uh, offshoots and religions and thoughts saying that, oh, you're going to hell, it's a sin, God hates you, all that kind of fun stuff that I grew up listening to, and then spent thousands of dollars in therapy to overcome. 
so I think that's why they specifically titled it My Brother's Husband and Not My Brother-in-Law, because the moment you see Brother's Husband, especially in Japan, you're going to pick up on the fact that, oh, this is about something we don't have here. This is something mm-hmm. different. So I think that's why it was important for him, uh, the author, to name it that way. Uh, as far as to Lena's thing about, hey, what, you know, why was uh, his brother so like weird about, about, oh, I can't walk out in my underwear. If you stop and think about it, this Mike married his twin brother. So probably seeing him... <laughs> He's, you know, you're twins, you're identical twins. I'm sure there's a lot of things out there that are similar. So yeah. uh, maybe you wouldn't want to be walking out and being like, oh, he's seen all of this before, plus more. And, and actually there is a, I don't think, did in this book, does it have the one where Mike gets drunk and comes home? Yeah, it mm-hmm. has that in there. Okay, so I, that kind of ties into it. And as far as the, the journey that uh, Yachi goes through, had that happened the first night that Mike got there as compared to that night that that happened, you could see his evolution as a character because the first night he would have been so weirded out. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened that time, he's like, he's like I get it. He's yeah. like, obviously, it's not for me. You know, I'm married, yeah. had a kid, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, that's really the fun thing is to see the evolution of Yachi through the whole thing. Now, this the fact that we're reading this book did have a kind of a long backstory. So last year when we were looking for LGBT books, this one popped up and I was like, ah, oh, maybe, but we weren't, well, not last year, but last time we did Pride Month. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I wasn't really in the thought of we should do more manga because if we're going to be honest, a lot of our listeners probably read manga. So we should yeah. be diving into something that maybe we're not as familiar with. And Todd, you brought up so many great points about how it is more accessible and some people might steer away from it because it can be a little more difficult to read. Uh, but again, this is kind of a good starting point because it, it is easy. You can go through it pretty quickly. You're not going to miss stuff if you're going through things because there are a lot of pages with just art or there's pages with just sound effects or it's an easy enough story to follow along and read. But the way I, I came across this was there is a really well-known anime series called Yuri on Ice. And it's about this guy. He was a figure skater, top of the class, uh, top of his class in the figure skating world, and then lost this big tournament and then kind of gave up. And you meet him like a year later. He's gained like 50 pounds. He's just so sorry for himself. And he has this teacher come and be like, no, we're going to do this again. We're going to get you back to where you were. And the whole story is how he, you know, loses weight, embraces things, and kind of gets in touch with the feminine side of ice skating because he was always mm-hmm. doing other things. And it's really hinted at through the whole story that he's fallen in love with his uh, instructor, who yeah. is, who's male. And then at the end, it's, you know, it, they, they have a little, like, happy ending and they get together. So I thought it was based off a manga series. So I went looking for it. And I was Googling, Googling, couldn't find it, thought it'd be easy. And they're like, oh, well... It's kind of like these books. So there was two or three other mangas that I, I ended up buying because I couldn't find a place to flip through them. And they were horrible. Like, there's, they, were, <laughs> they just were not good. I mean, one of them, it was just over the top and weird. And, like, it wasn't my thing. So I was like, I need to find something different. That's how I came across this book. And so I went on, I was on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and you can read a couple pages. I was like, you know, this, this is pretty cute. Uh, and I was thinking of something that Lena would enjoy because, again, we, her kind of first experience with manga wasn't the best. <laughs> Yeah. That was a weird book. Oh, I know. I'm not saying you based on manga on that, but that was like, for your like, hey, let's jump into manga. That's kind of like the same thing. Hey, let's jump into comics and here's Watchmen, you know? (laughs) So what book were we reading for the listener's benefit and mine? Uzumaki that, was the one. Uzumaki, yes. Uzumaki. Yeah. Okay. Jino oh, Ito. the swirls. The swirls. Yeah. 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 Okay. And which I think in the end, like we we liked parts of it. We didn't like others. I didn't like the ending, and I didn't like the, the way it shifted tone halfway through. Uh, but the, again, that's probably yeah. not the easiest one to kind of get into. It's like. If you're gonna start watching anime, you'll probably you might jump into Akira because it looks cool, but you're gonna leave that going, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Because it makes it no broke my brain. sense. Yeah, there's I, it broke I, my I watched brain. Akira recently, and it made so much more fucking sense to me. I don't like what I it holds up. It, 
it really holds up. It's a beautiful film. But like the first time I watched it, I was like, this is really weird. And then I watched it again and I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. And now I'm halfway through the the comic series, the manga series. Mm-hmm. And now I want, once I'm done with that, I want to watch it again. Uh, I'm still waiting for the other three books to come from In Stock Trades, which will show up eventually. Uh, what really breaks my brain with the Kira is how um, 24 frames per second, all hand drawn oh, yeah. for the entirety of everything. And you're like, the production value is phenomenal yeah even today's standards you look at it and you're like this thing looks amazing so you can tell the coloring is slightly dated for the time but for actually do you see an updated print it's gorgeous it's still like like i think the color was good i think the prints faded over time and like videotape technology or whatever was good but like the print i saw um i saw it at uh the frida cinema in santa mm-hmm. Ana, and it was gorgeous like it looks no, so just good. awesome to watch it yeah, like absolutely. all that glass breaking and realizing so that was actually great. all hand drawn yeah hand drawn so yeah there was no hand drawn animation yeah yeah and, and you're looking at this and actually there was a slight touch in it and that was like the um holographic kind of thing and like inside the rv event oh yeah uh, get into that later so actually i, I do want to go yeah. watch that again because when I, so but it's weird. The, the thing to keep in mind too with Akira is that there are a couple different versions. So the main one I saw back when I and I probably saw Oh Columbia House for some movies. Uh, <laughs> the original localization and the the voice cast they changed it. So if you have seen the original one, the guy who plays the voice of Tets of Akira or not, not Akira, mm-hmm. who's Canada? He is the same guy. Canada. Who the, Canada. He is the same guy who's the voice of Leonardo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I do want to go back and, and watch it again because they relocalized it. So they completely like retranslated it so it would make more sense. And they have a different voice cast. And the voice cast didn't bother me ever, but they went back and they're like, hey, so some of these things when we translated the first time may not have made as much sense. So here's the new version of it. And that's actually the version I need to go back and see because I, I watched it a long time ago. But now being older, I could watch a lot more anime. I could probably better compare and contrast as far as whether the the new version newer version of the movie would make more sense than the original yeah because the original is like gorgeous but like what the fuck just happened like the kid turned into like the south park spoof of akira makes more sense than the original akira sure it's the giant teddy bear's bleeding milk is like the moment that i was like what the fuck is going (laughs) on (laughs) and what i love about akira and I ask people is, so the uh, manga and the writer-director of the movie is the exact same guy. Yeah. Oh, so the know. manga was started first, then the, the movie was made, first. and the movie was finished first, and then the manga was finished later. And the endings are about the same. So you're saying it's Game of Thrones? Well, Except no. The last book hasn't come out yet. The uh, author <laughs> of Game of Thrones didn't write the final season at all. So this is the exact same creator, fourth. Mm-hmm. So what is an adaptation of what? That's an interesting point. I think you could almost argue that they dovetailed into each other. Right. We've just been like going out. Like, I'm like, Lane is still here. We've just been like rambling on and on and on. <laughs> Uh, too much wild turkey. Yeah. Rare breed. This stuff is 126 proof. Okay. So Todd is going to be preserved for future generations. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> what's, what's really great about this book is that, yes, it is, you know, not only a gateway to entry, you know, entry level to manga, but it's also really cool because it does, you know, maybe, maybe there's some things in here that people who are reading stuff wouldn't have thought about. So the idea that, 
you know, so this guy never talked about his brother. You can tell there was some kind of split between them. And I, do, I don't think so much the split was something on purpose. It was, he even talks about all the time. He's like, hey, he's like, Hachi's like, yeah, he told me he was gay. And I was like, cool, let's go on with life. But sometimes, as much as, you know, we, we hope that down the road eventually when it's all like, hey, mom, it's my boyfriend. Hey, mom, this is my dad. This is my girlfriend. That it won't matter when this took place. And especially when they were kids, which I'm assuming is probably back in like the early late 90s, early 2000s. It is still a big deal. And even though it, it could be acceptance to be like, oh, cool, that's awesome. But he kind of brings up the fact it was never discussed again. It was never like, hey, uh, you know, do you have a boyfriend? Like, have you seen anyone? It was, it's just kind of like, hey, it was a facet of life and let's move on. But there was never that interest in it. And not saying specifically that you have to be like, oh, well, every single gay person you meet, you have to get in their business. But when it's your brother and they supposedly accept you, but then there's no other discussion. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, my my brother, when he was dating someone getting married, I'm like, oh, cool. So tell me about your, your fiance or this and that. And even though we don't talk as much, there was still that discussion that interest interest in someone's life, especially when it's someone who is important to his family. So it almost sounds like the split came from apathy. Like there was, and it could have been on both sides. It doesn't sound like that his brother tried to do much to, to work on that. And then moved to Canada, had a new life, met this guy, Mike, he got married, all this stuff happened. And he never really talked about it because it was like out of sight, out of mind. And that's why Connie gets so upset. She's like, you didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me this. Like, because I don't think he was purposely hiding it because, again, he talks about it, it's like, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just It's like it's not my life, not in my face kind of thing. So it's existential. It's not something that I have to actually think about. And there, there is some really cool things that happen. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I, I will last night. I, last night I was uh, flipping through it and I was getting stuff. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I'm farther than everyone else. And I was like, oh, I'm like three quarters of the way through the book because I just kind of got lost in the story. Uh, there, there is some reconciliation. There is some, there, there is some understanding, especially from Hachi, about how just because this guy was dating my brother, who was my twin brother, doesn't mean he's interested in me. And it was really cool. But yeah, there, there, were, there were some cool moments aside from the fact that it was showing how families can kind of fall apart without meaning to fall apart. But uh, the, two, the two big scenes that really stood out to me was one, when the kid came up and talked to Mike and told him he's gay. Mm-hmm. And well, it's really interesting because I just listened to the episode that just published which was the one about uh, the fifth beetle. And I specifically brought the fact of why representation is important because there might be that mm-hmm. kid who's never seen a gay person or a lesbian or a trans person. Yeah. And now he's like, hey, I'm part of this community. That's what happened to that kid. He'd never met another gay person. He'd never met yeah. someone who just existed and happened to be that sexuality. And so he finally was able to talk to someone and be like, hey, this is who I am and this is how I feel. And that's mm-hmm. why that is so important to have that out there because you're going to have someone who maybe lives in a place where they can't talk about it. He can't tell his parents. And Mike did a beautiful job explaining why. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they probably would accept him, but he's not ready for that. And as of right now, he can't do that. Uh, so the fact that he had someone he could be finally like, hey, this is the secret I've been having my, you know, since I can think of. Everyone's, you know, their sexuality is turning on, but I'm not into girls. But I pretend I'm into girls. And I can guarantee you almost every single gay person in the world, even those with accepting parents, have gone through that. Or lesbians who have been like, hey, I'm into boys, not really kind of thing. So that was a really, really sweet moment. And then the one I, I loved that it ended with that goes to the Todd's thing of preconceived notions is the very, very last chapter where he has this idea that when his daughter finds out that girls can marry girls, well, what if she's a lesbian? And it like wakes him up in a cold sweat and like he's having this dream about her meeting someone like, hey, dad, this is my girlfriend. This is my wife. And there's a, and later on, they, they touch on more of these little sweet montages of them holding hands or you know going on a date together or going to the pool together and he's like why would i be okay with this with mike but not with my own daughter mm-hmm. you know, what is what is keeping me from accepting that when i would accept it in someone else and i'm getting to that point now after i've thought about things and got to know mike 
and realized that this was someone special to my brother, so he should be special to me. Connor loves him, my whatever you want to call it, separated ex-wife, the, the not dead wife, we'll just say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's not dead yet. Uh, what is different about me? And as someone who doesn't have kids, so I can't weigh in. And Todd, maybe maybe you can talk about this. Uh, I, I think back to when my buddy Joey, uh, so he, he was like the last person that came out to. I was worried in, in the long run he didn't give a shit. But he's talked about the fact that, you know, his son just turned 14. Like, what if my son's gay? He's like, honestly, I wouldn't care. He's like, I really wouldn't care. I'd be fully accepting. He's like, I'd make fun of him because I make fun of you. And that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's like, I really don't care. He's like, but I didn't know how I'd feel about it until I thought about it. And it kind of worried me for a little bit. He's like, not that I care. He's like, honestly, I don't care who you want to sleep with. If you want to go sleep with one tooth bug-eyed woman go ahead and go do it that's your thing he's like but i have to worry about what kind of world is he going to grow up in to where these are the struggles he's going to have to face that straight people wouldn't so i could so in this case but it wasn't so much that hockey was worried about that he was just like well what if this is now part of my life this is part of my family and this is the child and you have these again preconceived notions about how your children are going to grow up and what they're going to become or who they're going to marry or where they're going to live and i'm the perfect example the poster child of that doesn't always happen you know your, mm-hmm. your child could end up divorced gay and living in utah and mentally right. unstable <laughs> only only uh <laughs> mentally stable because he's on really really good medication uh you don't know that and yeah again I'm, i don't i don't have kids i have no plans of having kids uh so i can't speak from the idea of a parent but you like my mom says she wants her best for her kids she you know she wants to make sure they live life happy healthy and find someone they fall in love with but when you just automatically assume the person they're going to fall in love with is someone of the opposite gender then all of a sudden everything switches now it's like oh they're two women they're two men like well do i get to have grandkids do i get to you know take see this growing up in part of my life will they for a while there will they be able to like be able to go to their wedding you know, I'll be able to dance with my my daughter at her wedding kind of thing or my son at her wedding, you know. Those are questions that I'm sure runs through every parent's mind if their kids were to come out to them. And the fact that it, it shocked them was like, I think, a very realistic uh, reaction that I'm sure even accepting parents are, are going to go through. But again, I don't know. And Todd, you know, your daughter, she's she's a wee one. So that might she's not be two. a conversation. She's two. So that might not be a a conversation or a a thought pattern you would have to deal with for a while, but that's something I I don't know how people would handle, even people who would be fully accepting. So my Amy and I, my wife and I, we talk about this kind of thing is like, what are what are our hopes and dreams for our child? And even if you back up slightly from that is um, how do you rate a successful parent, Um, a successful parent? If your child is health as the assumption, the child is healthy is um, you have successful, successfully parented a child is as if they're in an adult and they are positively contributing to society. So are they a net positive to society or are they a net drain? If they are a net positive, then you succeeded. And if they're not, meh, you failed as a parent. Even watching this two-year-old, she has such a mind of her own. And I think about, am I thrusting things upon her? I just bought her a trike today and I bought her a helmet and there was a, it was an infant helmet, but there was his and her infant helmets. And I got annoyed. I had to choose between his and her and just out of, um, just I guess who I am. I bought him the I bought her the his helmet. But what's the his helmet? It was spaceships and rockets. Nice. That was the his. What was the her helmet? It was uh polka dots, pink, and bows. And they're both the same price. And I'm like, well, that's annoying. Why are you deciding what is a his and hers? She got a radio flyer trike in a spaceship and rockets helmet. 
I'm like, what makes this a hiss? <laughs> and as much as annoyed of, you're telling me what I have to do. Is that my reaction to that as much as anything? But what do I want for my child? And you're like, I hope my child finds satisfaction mm-hmm. and that they work towards things that they succeed at and they have relationships that are have positive feedback that brings them happiness in life. And do I know if they're straight or gay? The kids too. No one has any idea, right? Is it already written? into the code yeah (laughs) have they figured it out yet all i really know is they love daniel tiger more than anybody else (laughs) her cousin jack is her favorite person and mom and dad are in distant third place kind of like tana and mike (laughs) that's what i know and that's okay what's really interesting too is the whole time i was reading this and especially as we've been talking about it i kept going back to day tripper because we've talked so much about that that issue about opportunity missed And as I kind of brought up at the beginning of my little spiel was that it felt like that the main, not the main focus, but one of the the big focuses of this book is the foci, I guess you could say, uh, was opportunity missed. It was that apathy between family that there was an opportunity missed to, you know, while his brother was still alive for Kenna to, to meet meet him and meet her his husband back in the day and even if they couldn't go to canada it's like hey there's still a phone call away i mean even in this time too this is back in the days of facetime and uh mm-hmm. google hangouts and everything else so yeah it was it, it really you know and we talked about also bouncing between books that would be easier hard to get into is when you're reading comics like this is almost kind of a good segue into Day Tripper because Day Tripper has a lot of themes that could be more advanced, but at the same time, while you might not get everything going with it, the theme from this carries over so well to that one that I think it could be a good, not not quite back-to-back because they're both completely different books, but this would almost be a good primer for that book. Yes, but absolutely. Yeah. Also, what I find really, really funny is every time we have these like light and enjoyable and fluffy books, <laughs> we always dive in like way deep and get like philosophical and everything about them. It's like... But then, like the really fluffy, like the really like deep books. Well, Harley, we did a good job on, but it's like we just like make jokes and fun stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I no, also, no. yeah, I think that there's something to the fact that this, because it's uh, light and service level, it's easier. It brings up a lot of topics of conversation. Like this has a variety of topic conversations. Yeah, whereas some of the other ones tend to hit a specific issue super hard. Uh, rather than like cover multiple issues, so there's a lot more sort of I think ground to talk about with this book in that respect. But I, think I think it's really a, good. A and testament like, to the author that yeah. you mm-hmm. can have this book that's presented as light and fluffy, but look at all the layers underneath it. Yeah, Elena, so. we haven't heard a lot from you. What are your thoughts? There's just not much else that I could add. I mean, I don't uh-huh. disagree with anything that's been said, and one of the things that I agree with with everything is that this wasn't a bad book. It was mm-hmm. enjoyable. It was an easy read. I got to the end. And I was like, oh, it's it's the end. I wanted to see, you know, I was expecting it to keep going. So um, I think that, you know, if you are interested in kind of reading something that that's, you know, that you're not into manga, this is a really good introductory book, I think, for you. Um, and it, like I said, it was it, I wish we would have done this one first before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just be glad we never dragged you through the Neonomicon mud. Oh, my that's all God. I gotta say. Oh, okay. Well, well, I appreciate that, but yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's jump to grades. And uh, since I have you talking, Lena, I will go with you, and then you can finish your uh, poo poo platter. Mm. Oh my god! I <laughs> I no, I'm going to say A. I really liked it. I think that the fact that you know it was a longer book that was fairly surface level, but we've had a an hour conversation about it just goes mm-hmm. to show um, how good and how deep you can get into it. So. Yeah, A. Oh, uh, Adam. So I was actually going to jump down to an A minus. I'm going with an A, though. Because uh, huh? one of the things that Lana brought up at the beginning was some of the stilted dialogue. I, it could be the translation, but I did really feel that it there probably was a little bit more depth to it if you read it in Japanese, but I don't speak Japanese, so whatever. Um, but I was like, hey, A minus. But then I was reading like the cover because I was trying to find more information about when it was written. And Alison Bechdel loved it, and she signed off on it. So yeah. If she signed off on it, then I'm totally cool with it. But, well, I mean, her well, and Anderson Cooper. I mean, come on. Like, I don't care about Anderson Cooper. Okay. But uh, I, know, I know some people think he's daddy as fuck, but he's not my style. He's, Here's the, he's got I a great him. laugh. He does have a great laugh, yes. I, I do he, like him. He from a rich Cooper. family. I mean, come on. Like, oh, so he's, he he's has a, a Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah, he has a Vanderbilt. Let's be he could clear. take care of us all. Like that's all I'm saying. No, I'm so sure he, he'd, be sure, he'd be sure daddy as fuck. Okay, I got that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, I, I, I. Oh, and the other thing I didn't like was that uh, I think some of the drawings are a little bit unrealistic. That you've got this burly bear from Canada, and he just happened to be hanging out with his uh, his dead husband's brother, who. Honestly, if you put the beard on them and swapped it, they look exactly the same. I think the physiques were a bit off, but yeah, th- that's just my own personal thing. Uh, I-, I love the fact You're that, not like, wrong. Like, like Lana said, we had a good hour-long discussion about a book that almost seems like it's fluff, but yeah. there are a lot of deep things to talk about with it. There are a lot of great themes. There's character arcs for people. It's not like they're one note, or they all of a sudden like, flip the switch and like, oh, this is weird. Oh, I fully accept this. Let's go to a pride parade. It's like there's depth to these people. And it it does touch on some really emotional and important things. And it goes back to what I said about why representation is important. And like Lena said too, it's a fast read. Like I was flipping through it and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm almost done with this book. I should probably find out where I'm supposed to stop. Because I almost mentioned some things that Lena, you had questions about or were brought up that I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, they're not answered yet. You need to read further to, to find out. Uh, just wait till they go to the onset. That's 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 a big turning point for a lot of things. Uh, but no, it's 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 beautiful. It's fun. It's charming. I am going to finish it probably after we finish reading this while waiting for my chicken lasagna to cook. And this is the one time you'll ever hear me pimp Barnes & Noble. But if you go online, order it, and pick up in store, you can get it for like 20 bucks. And that's a damn good deal for, for two volumes of one book. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, check it out it's this is a this is a good one that even kids can read and have a, a fun time with and what's really interesting was that we talked about how connor's like wait so two boys can get married yeah wait can two girls get married yeah i know people mm-hmm. that's how you tell kids about homosexuality everyone yeah. freaks out like how do we have this conversation with our kids that's it kids don't judge unless they're taught yeah. to judge so yeah yeah you're like judging two then people it's love each fault. other very much they want to make a public announcement and legal have announcement of, and we're yeah. chilling together now awesome yeah, and if two men are really horny and have three dildos apiece, they go on grinder and have fun that way. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so those are my thoughts. I, I get more of my yeah. box, but I, I love gotcha. this book. It's it's yeah. beautiful and amazing. So a cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Todd, what is your grade? I'm gonna give it an A minus. The writing was fantastic. The art did exactly the job it was supposed to be going to. The art is a uh, very serviceable manga. 
Cool. And uh, I love it. I'm going to give it an A. I'm excited to read the next one. I thought it was charming as hell. Um, and I yeah. highly recommend it. Uh, cool. So next week, we are going to do a fence, as in the sport fence. Yes. I originally wrote it down as fences, which then confused Lena when she was trying to buy it. I apologize. <laughs> that's, that's an August Wilson book. Yes, it is. Uh, play, technically. But um, yeah, so we are doing fence. It's about a guy who fences and falls in love. That's about all I know, because I've only just looked at the back yeah. of the book. It's also free on Comixology uh, Unlimited. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Included with Comixology Unlimited. Yeah. Free is a bad word. You have to pay <laughs> for Comixology Unlimited. Valid. Pay me money and then it's free. And you're like, I paid you fucking money, man. <laughs> Netflix is free once you pay the bill. Uh, That's so right. And you're like, what? <laughs> Uh, once we uh, finish Fence, then we're going to be doing the new Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy series. I think this is new enough that I had to get it in hardback. I think it's a relatively recent Ooh. book. Um, and then we're going to be doing the uh, DC Comics Pride Anthology, which... Which is not... Well, as we record this, still recent. isn't out yet. Yeah, it'll be super recent. It'll basically come out at the beginning of June. I think when this episode comes out, it'll be coming out in like two days. Yeah, I am very open to being wrong about this, but I also believe this is um, LGBT um, characters written by LGBT creators. Oh, okay, cool. I've read on DC's... Um, press release for all of their pride stuff they're doing also a bunch of uh pride uh covers the superman one's kind of adorable i don't know if you've seen that one adam um i haven't no it's superman sitting there with a pride flag like it's just cute i don't know i really like it yeah i know marvel's uh, doing the one where you've got the the first well they're calling it the first gay captain america where like as far as i can see it's like a teenager who's a captain america fanboy but i haven't it's not out yet, so I can't weigh in, but I know it's getting flack on both sides. It's like, oh, Captain America. Oh, is this gay. the book with like everyone's Captain America kind of I deal? I think so, like, yeah. It's like, 20 it's like a, Captain Americas. Or something, yeah. And it's like a, they're little vignettes, like we talked about with. Uh, you know, okay. I think there's a, one coming up where we're doing a bunch of. Sure. No, the DC one, it's a bunch of vignettes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, we did uh, with the, the book. Anthologies. The anthology. Yeah. We, well, it's an anthology, but we did that anthology for the. Um, Indigenous people. Shooting. Well, Pulse nightclub shooting too. Oh um, yeah, yeah, we did that several prides ago as well. And sometimes those are actually really fucking great. I've read some anthologies that I don't like, and I like. Right, them. some are amazing. Yeah. They're either amazing or they're awful. There's not a lot of in betweens. Yeah, it's like about. how's this anthology? Eh, yeah, it's not. Typically I mean, an amazing one. anthology will probably have a stinker or two in the bunch, but like a bad one has a lot of stinky. Um. So that being said, that'll do it for this week. Unless anybody else has anything to add. It's so like I poured row, row, more row whiskey boat. in, and I, I assumed like it was way more watered down than it was. I so I just took so. a big mouthful of it, and I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? I'm going to solo out that I just took a big mouthful, and I'm like, oh my god, and that's going to be my new <laughs> for you. Hey, that's what I did when I got home, so. <laughs> hey, it's much better than drink, fucker. <laughs> oh, I do need that one, too. Oh, there you go, and that's, that's, your, new, uh, that's your new ringtone for Todd. Well, did I tell you? I'm gonna leave this recording on for just a second. Did I tell oh, you that, like, um, I I was uh, we we were hanging out with some uh, some fairly religious friends of ours, and yeah. all of a sudden you guys started talking, and so my phone <laughs> started going off with, uh, "You bitch!" and then "You're a goddamn liar!" "You Fine. bitch!" "You're a goddamn liar!" And I'm like, "Shit! Silence! Silence! <laughs> silence! Drink, <Swing>, uh, fucker!" <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, there we go. Stop cloud recording. <laughs>